0: The 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye, weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad. Wanted to get to this, of course. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole held his first news conference as party leader this morning, and you heard it right here on 6:30 Chad with Ryan Jesperson. It was just after the nine o'clock news this morning. Uh, he says his party will be ready if the prime minister tries to force a fall election, but wouldn't say if he will support the speech from the throne he also says he wants liberals to address western alienation in the next in the throne speech next month i said i would be ready on day one and i was on my first opportunity to speak to the prime minister i raised my deep concerns about western alienation and a need for a plan to address real and serious national unity issues because Western alienation is so significant a threat to Canadian unity, I don't believe we have even one day to spare. We need to get to work. With more on what we heard today, we're joined by one of our go-tos for political analysis, Dr. Lydia Miljohn, a political scientist at the University of Windsor. Welcome back to the show. My pleasure, Jalen. Alright, so when it all, when the dust all settled there in the early morning <laughs> hours the other night, um, were, you, were you surprised, well, what did you think about the outcome?
1: Uh, I thought it was was an interesting um, outcome. I mean, I expected there to be some sort of uh, upset, given that it's a ranked ballot. I was never convinced that it was going to be a coronation for Peter McKay. I was surprised at how poorly McKay had done on the first ballot, uh, and it seemed to me that after that it really was a matter of whether or not it would be Peter O'Toole or Leslyn Lewis, who did Uh exceptionally well in Western Canada
0: yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, what does that tell you about her and about Western Canada?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's exciting. I mean, here you have the first um black woman uh, running for leadership in a federal party and happens to be the Conservatives, and she seemed to be very well embraced by western canada so i think it just turns on its head just all the ridiculous um stereotypes that people have outside of the the west about alberta and saskatchewan and clearly it's a, a very progressive in terms of not caring about people's uh ethnic orientation and looking more what they have to say and so i thought that was just really refreshing and i uh, Wonderful outcome, and I think that really she's got she's she's going to be um, the face of the party moving forward. Even though, mm. notwithstanding that Peter O'Too- uh, Aaron O'Toole had won, I think that if she gets her seat um, in the next election, mm-hmm. she will be a formidable foe for the opposition parties.
0: Yeah, she's going to be uh, wonderful to watch in the years ahead, to, to say the least. Now, um, Aaron O'Toole held his first news conference as party leader this morning. Um, he, he talked about Western alienation. He talked about being inclusive. One of the things that I found um, really, not, really nice, that's not the right word, but um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was interesting to watch. He, he seemed... Already comfortable, more comfortable and more genuine than Andrew Shear did in in that role. And I'm not sure if that's fair to, to say this at this at this point, but he just seemed more comfortable with being, you know, upfront with a number of his answers, not stumbling on some of those tricky ones that uh, that uh, Mr. Shearer always had a challenge with. Yeah, and I think that's the
1: real distinction. I don't know if they're that far apart policy-wise,
0: but the mm. big problem for Andrew Shear
1: is he really didn't have a lot of private sector experience or experience outside of being a politician and even then being a politician he was speaker of the house so he hadn't really been part of the the work of governing and um, where peter o'toole has been a, i keep on calling him peter o'toole he is not it's yes. aaron o'toole <laughs> he has you know experience uh, both in the military as well as in politics and even though mm-hmm. he for a short time was minister of defense he does know what it's like to be around the cabinet table so i think that he's just much he's just more comfortable in his own skin and he's not uh, as apologetic about his beliefs he's clear on what he what he where he stands and when i was watching his campaign you know he was really making a point of contrasting his points of view with that of uh, peter mckay and um, really focusing in on policy differences and i think moving forward whenever an election might be we're going to really see that kind of hard distinction between him and mr trudeau
0: so you know he, he mentioned uh, a number of times uh, today saying that canadians haven't always seen themselves reflected in in the party that uh, he is opening he is open to welcoming everyone he is pro-choice he is uh, open to um any color um you know LGBTQ, you name it how important is that moving forward um to to take on the liberals
1: I think that is important I think what the Liberals have done effectively is play identity politics and make people believe that only the Liberal Party can protect you if you're marginalized or if you're the or if you're someone who's been traditionally hasn't done well by the system and and they will and the, and the Conservatives really allowed the liberals to own that those those value positions and I think this is important for Aaron O'Toole to say no 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 we're not we're, we're not going to play identity politics we want to talk about policy ideas and we actually can bring forward policies that are going to help people who have been marginalized, that, you know, the best option for you might not necessarily be a check from government. It might be reducing red tape or whatever their policy uh, could be. So I think that that's refreshing, that he's not afraid of those issues. And again, that was the real problem with um, Andrew Scheer, because he stumbled over LGBTQ issues, wouldn't, you know, march in pride uh, parades, that he had this... Um, you know he couldn't answer a a straight question on same-sex marriage rights that it really um, harmed the party overall and I don't think you're gonna have that problem with Aaron O'Toole and I think that also when I was watching the coverage um, there was at one point um, Michelle Rempel came on and and she was saying you know these are these are our value positions we're an open big blue tent and you know welcome in and Mm. I think that that really is the party moving forward
0: so what do they have to do, though, to prove it? I mean, you can say it, you, you know, you can, you can talk the talk, you have to walk the walk, and there's a lot of people out there who um, who, are, who are questioning. I, obviously, it's early days, early hours. Um, what do they have to do to, to ensure that, and how do they balance, um, you know, the social conservatives with that? Right. Well, I don't know if social conservatives are uh,
1: as problematic as Peter McKay point put them out to be. Mm. I think that it's about having a respectful conversation, and I think that's why um, someone like Leslie Lewis is going to be really important because she is a, um, a social conservative. She mm-hmm. is pro-life, but her position on pro-life comes to comes from a very different perspective. She's basically saying that the problem with with a lot of abortion um, incidences is, is that they marginal um, black communities and and black women are encouraged to have abortions and she finds that to be objectionable and I think that that kind of nuanced position when you're having race based abortion then it opens up the conversation and so it's not that you're saying we can't have both positions in the party it's just that how do we move forward and and allow people to have those conversations the problem I think a lot of people had with the liberals and and might still have those liberals is that they decide that things are settled you know Justin Trudeau said if you are pro-life you have no role you have no place in our party Mm -hmm. and so that really marginalizes a lot of people like there's people who have differing positions on that really uh, contentious subject and we should be adult about it we should be able to have a meaningful conversation we might not all agree but the conversation should be there and I think that that's what this leadership race, at least from an outsider's perspective, show me that they can have those um, respectful uh, discussions and not have to name call or cancel people out, which is really what the, the Liberals have tended to do over the last few years.
0: Well, Dr. Muljana, I mean, uh, politics right now, you know, at every level, needs to to have uh, it needs to be more respectful, you know, on so many different uh, levels. It's just um, it's it's something something else to watch um, over the past number of years. He talked uh, specifically about Western alienation, and of course, out here in in Alberta, this is this is huge, and uh, we know that Jason Kenney, a big supporter of of Erin O'Toole, as well. What do you think that Eric Aaron O'Toole can do for, um, for Alberta, for Saskatchewan, for those who feel that they are alienated by the rest of the country, by the federal yeah. government.
1: Yeah, I think that, for, for, again, I haven't really studied his platform that carefully, and I think they really have to put a lot more flesh on the the policy positions. But clearly his position with respect to pipelines, with respect to the oil and gas sector, acknowledges that he understands the important role that Western Canada has in confederation. You know, we do not have... Um, I mean, I'll tell you right off the bat, I, I grew up in Alberta, so I'm in Alberta. even though I, I live in the corrupt <laughs> east, I, I still have an Alberta in the heart. Um, and, you know, we have to recognize that we couldn't be as... A, wealthy and successful country had we mm-hmm. not had the oil and gas sector. And I think that O'Toole at least has been able to acknowledge that and he's he's going to ensure that THAT um, sector can come back up because quite frankly, that's the only way we're going to get out of the the massive economic um, crisis that we see ourselves in. We really do need to ensure that we have um, realistic um, sources of revenue for the federal government and for Canadians having jobs. And it's not going to be in solar panels and, and wind turbines. They just do not have the capacity at this stage to um, replace the oil and gas sector. I, I,
0: you know, when we, when we watch elections, when we watch the re- results come in, oftentimes we we see that, what is it, the 905 area, the whole Toronto area, the last go-around. We know that that's such a huge uh, a huge uh, part to, to, to be successful and, and, and get into uh, and, and to be voted in. What, does, what role do you think Aaron O'Toole, being from Ontario, might play in this? To have a Conservative leader from Ontario going up against Justin Trudeau? Possibly. I think it helps.
1: I think it helps just just insofar as he actually has a 905 riding, um, so he yeah. understands that area. And that's also where the idea of ethnic minorities and new immigrants comes in. I mean, when when Stephen Harper won back in 2011, it's because they were able to take those regions and they were able to show that they weren't anti-immigration, that they were embracing um, ethnic minorities in this country. And let's face it, a lot of ethnic minorities actually have very conservative Values. The problem for Harper in in 2015 is that he decided to really go hard on on the the, the face veiling ban, which allowed the mm-hmm. conser- which allowed liberals to to claim that they were being racist and they couldn't have a conversation about that. And just the fact that in 2015 Justin Trudeau was this shiny new thing and he brought in like three million new voters. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that Harper lost votes; he just didn't gain as much as the Liberals had. So I think that this is a really important opportunity for the conservatives to go back to those areas that they had done had won uh, quite handily in 2015 and likewise those are the same breach re- areas that we have to remember Doug Ford had won when he became mm-hmm. premier a couple of years ago so it's not as if those places don't vote conservative but i think what they need is a reason to vote conservative and you and 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 that's what, what i'm looking forward Uh, in the next few weeks or months to see what is the policy platform that the Conservatives are going to put forward um, in terms of our recovery and also how to deal with if there's a second wave or, you know, the consequences of the health crisis.
0: Uh, do you think, you know, he he said today he will he he wouldn't say today if he would support the speech from the throne? I think we touched on this last time whether or not we we think that there could be a fall election. What are your thoughts on that front?
1: Well, I guess you know I think that's wise. I, I, I find it frustrating yeah. when when politicians decide before they've even heard something to reject it um, right away. Uh, we're not in that kind of period of time where we we can do that I think that he should he's wise to say I'm going to listen first and then decide but let's face it it's not up to um, Aaron O'Toole whether or not we're going to go to another election you know it's it's uh, the Bloc Québécois have said that they wanted to have a, a confidence vote the NDP yeah. aren't going to do it and so unless unless all three agree they're not going to go into election or unless Justin Trudeau decides to go to Rideau Hall and, and dissolve Parliament there's not going to be an election in the fall
0: and before I let you go, there's some new polling out today. It was a lege poll uh, suggesting that uh, 38% of decided voters, this was came out today, that 38% of decided voters said they supported the Liberals compared to 30% for the Conservatives, 18% for the NDP, and 6 for the Greens. Are, are you surprised by, by that number, that, that 38% of decided voters, you know, um, backing the Liberals right now? No, I'm
1: not. I, I said this from the beginning. I, I did a TV interview once early on saying, that this isn't going to affect them in the polls and I got Denounced by Twitter, of all places, as being a Marxist. <laughs> it's like I'm not a Marxist, but I I just don't see it happening. Canadians uh, do not see this. I mean, they see the scandal is important, and we eat it up, you know, because it's exciting and interesting. But at the end of the day, we are in a health crisis and a financial crisis. And as long as those checks keep on coming in the mail, people are going to probably give the Liberals a pass. They're going to say, well, they didn't mean to, or whatever story they're telling us, unless the Conservatives or any other party can come up with a better plan or, um, or be able to really um, tell us why the Liberals have failed, I can understand why Canadians are still going to support the government that they're mm. with because there's so much uncertainty with something else. Unless they give us something really clear that we know that is going to give us something better, I can see why Canadians um, are still at 38% for the Liberals.
0: And Dr. Miljohn, always great to talk with you. Thanks for making time.
1: My
0: pleasure. Nice talking to you. Yeah, take care. Dr. Lydia Miljohn out of the University of, of Windsor. And yeah, sorry for for that. It's, of course, Aaron O'Toole. Um, sometimes things get stuck in your head and it just becomes like this, this constant little word slip, right? But yeah, Aaron O'Toole, the new Conservative leader. Uh, your thoughts. Let me know at 780-496-0063. Um, Do you think he is going to be the formidable opponent to Justin Trudeau if it is Justin Trudeau that takes us, uh, you know, into a a next federal election? You know, because there's talk that, well, you know, there's always speculation that it might not be him, maybe Christian Freeland, whoever it is. But how are you feeling about Aaron O'Toole? Um, I enjoyed listening to him this morning, Uh, and as as I said to Dr. Miljohn, um, I I thought he he handled a lot of the questions very well. He seemed comfortable in his role already, and that's just going to continue to grow. Um, I am looking forward to seeing what it's like once we get uh, get, uh, the House back in in order and we can have some uh, some good debates on that front. It's going to be interesting to watch.